0: And we are back around the fire. Hello, hello. We've missed you all. Um, This is the African Fireplace podcast and we are team Pani. We share love for Africa and for entrepreneurship, which means that we spend our time coaching, consulting, advising and investing in African founding teams. And we're on a mission, a big, big mission, to build 10 to 15 stellar African unicorns over the next 10 years. We gather around this fireplace every so often. Uh, to banter on topics that are crucial to that building journey. And every time we sit around this fireplace, we're like, what does it take mm. to build a truly great business in Africa? <music> Hello, my people. Hello.
1: Hello, cool. going. You How know the you?
0: drill? I'm Hello. good. I'm good. Do you know the drill? We are going to do a quick pulse check. <laughs> Uh, between 1 and 5. One, want to be in bed. The sun is out, so I'm assuming I mean, no one is at a 1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we pray that it stays that way. But uh, where are you at between 1 and 5?
1: Okay. Who I starts? All right, let me start. Uh, I, I'm at a 3 out of 5, but quickly rising. I, I think I started at a 2. I woke up a little earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized, despite being a procrastinator, I... Energized from ticking things, like getting a lot of things off my to-do list. And mm. uh, this morning, I got two big ones off my to-do list, and uh, you know, my energy bar sort of jumped up, up to, to three. And then I had a, a I had a meeting, and it's, sort of on an upside swing. Upside swing.
2: Three out of five. Three How about you? Kim? Five. I, I actually started the day at a five. I was oh, wow. yeah, like perfect, uh, perfect. I was like I looked outside, there was sun, I'm just so happy, i are no longer feeling cold. And Nairobi is looking a lot brighter and I had just good energy. Um then we had a meeting in the morning that maybe took away half of our energy. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I'm now at like a four point five, but I'm I'm very confident that I will end the day at a five. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Mine has yo-yoed are. all the way I started at a five because my seven o'clock was cancelled so I could sleep in a bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh met you guys and you took it like directly to a two. Um
2: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Like what you added
0: confusion to my life. I'm like, how do I even work with these humans? And then <laughs> and then we got clarity. And mm-hmm. and now I think I'm at a good four. It has it has stabilized. So you can imagine the oh. way I'm feeling all in the course of like the morning. Yeah. Um, so but I, I felt that it was such an interesting thing to go through especially considering today's topic which Mm. i'll ask kenna to tell us what are we talking about
2: today yes drum roll today we're talking about questions right and asking powerful questions um so just for background questions have been the way i've interacted with with this world of entrepreneurship for the last few years well two years and so but even, even in the early days, there's a lot of questions that you ask. There's a lot of um, things that you don't know and you explore only through asking powerful questions. Um, even in the work we do, which is going into businesses and meeting founders and connecting with them, their stories, their journeys, how you, your, your way in is through the questions you ask and then they share and you listen, right? Um, but in that process, we've we've learned to, we've learned the power of asking the right questions. They can be so realigning um, in a place, in a space where there's a lot of fog and unclarity and angst, right? So changing the question that you ask, and we've seen that even in workshops, changing the question that that maybe the founders, the teams are asking, even the questions you ask yourself creates a lot of clarity. Um, And the other thing about these powerful questions is that they have to be asked and asked, and asked again, because the questions change, the answers change. Um, So how often are you keeping on asking those same questions? Um, And you realize that when you stumble on the right question, it's like a no brainer. The the actions, the the clarity it creates, is just something that you can do tomorrow. They are empowering, right? Um, uh, But the other thing is that they have to be asked within the right space, right? The right answers to the right questions don't come if there's no safety, if there's Mm -hmm. no safety required, if there's no safety created. um, And you have a very interesting story about this. So creating that (laughs) safety for, for the right answers to come up when you're asking the right questions. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you talk about
0: headspace and context. So first I must say, I think there's an extra burden for extroverts when it comes to this thing of asking the right questions mm. because we are very skilled at the art of avoidance. And because you can just socialize your way out of hard situations and out of fog, you rarely take time to go back and say, okay, what question should I be asking at this inflection point that changes my life? Now, early on, In uh, my marriage, my very young marriage, as I was expecting our second born, and we were running
1: a. Uh Oh oh! What is she going to say
0: now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me brace. Let me brace for impact. Brace for impact, (laughs) kid.
0: I've even sat <laughs> up and there was this young startup called Seguland, and I have been told it's going to be a billion dollar business built in Africa for Africans by Africans. And I have bought this romantic notion of how it, you know, just materializes into this big thing. And I'm like, ah, if we need to hustle kidogo, it's not a problem. But uh, as they say, ground ni different. So 2000 and uh, early 2006, I believe, We, I I was expecting our second born. We were behind on bills for our first born. Like we're not even finished paying the doctor for the CS for the first born. We were so behind on all bills. But every time I tried to broach the subject of income. Let me tell you, it was just chaotic. I don't know what it was that Ken was hearing, but we were not together. We were not aligned. So in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. He cares about me. He cares about us. I can see him working very hard and slogging. Mm. But anytime I have conversations of when is your money coming or when do you think the business will stabilize? Like those <laughs> questions were just eliciting the worst reaction. Possible. What's the plan? <laughs> what's the plan? Oh my goodness. When I asked what's the plan, whoa, 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 there was fire, fire. So I sat back one day at my desk. I remember I was, uh, you know, uh, working as an intern at a law firm. And I said, this is not working. I was feeling like the world is crumbling. And then I wrote an email to Ken and I said, dear Kennedy, when I call Ken Kennedy, you just know. In fact, very few people it's know wild. his name is Kennedy. <laughs> when I call Ken Kennedy, by the way, now things are thick. <laughs> and I was like, is, here's the agenda for our meeting that we will hold today. And I remember I, I said, the restaurant and the time, please be there on time. And when he came, of course, because we were so broke, you know, you just can't sit there doing nothing. And so we ordered a Sprite, which we shared. So we call it our single sprite conversation. Because at that time, now he came, he was bracing for, you know, she's about to have a conversation with me that I'm not going to enjoy and I'm going to fight back. But at that point in time, then I opened the spreadsheet and I told him, this is the situation, this is how the numbers are looking. But I don't have certainty, I don't have predictability of what's going to happen. Like, when do we? what do I tell all these people who are asking about their bills? And for some reason, after asking several questions, Something changed. He flipped and we started being on the same team. And he started explaining to me, oh, you know, we are collecting on this day. So this money can't come on this day. Why don't you tell these guys this? All I needed to ask clearly was how do we organize our cash flows? Mm -hmm. When I ask questions like, what is the plan? Him, he's reading like my wife is saying I have no plan. (laughs) I just wake up every day go to work like an idiot and i have no plan but,
1: but let's be honest right that question what's the plan <laughs> it's <laughs> not temporary you can be honest now it's uh, many years later
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, there's a part of me that thought that you didn't have a plan.
1: (laughs) Uh (laughs) That's exactly the problem. Those questions. So it was the wrong question. No, the question was pretending to be the right question, but the wrong intention. Mm.
0: Yes. Well, (laughs) fair enough. But I think let's not lose the point of we were at an inflection point. Things Mm -hmm. were only going to get worse. Mm. We just needed to solve this problem. And it's a long-term problem, working your way out of debt and working your way out of a difficult financial situation. So you need to be asking the right questions, but in the right space. And for some reason, the context of not asking the questions at home and asking in a restaurant, which is, you know, a what? um, A different venue Mm. created that safety. And from then on, we've had board meetings every month uh, and we have spreadsheets because they bring some objectivity to the conversations.
2: Mm. Mm. All right. So Ken, in your, in your, that, that... uh, Asking a different question, right? The right question and the wrong question. Mm. How do you have you seen that? Uh, there's that scenario, and I'm sure there are others.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, the, this was a very interesting moment, and uh, and and Nenko is right. When 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 she calls me Kennedy, I know there is trouble, right? <laughs> but actually, I think the change. Uh, a couple of things happen, right? So first, the change of scene. Mm. And the change of communication and so on got me and both of us out of like, you know, like an inertia. You know, you have, you have a certain way you're engaging. You come home in the evening, you're tired, you've been fighting battles and so on. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain rhythm, pace, energy, mood you're in. So writing, calling me Kennedy and whatever, as simple as it was, mm. uh, kind of changed a little bit the setting that allowed us to... For me to first start to listen, and also, for, uh, and also, I think by the time she got there, she was just like, "Okay, this question I'm asking, what's the plan? Like, it, like, like, what's the plan, dude? Like, how do you think about that question?" But by thinking a little bit about that, just allowed us to, you know, when you say the 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 right question is always after the the sort of the fourth layer or fourth, fifth layer, right? Yeah. So this conversation allowed us to have this question around okay how do we plan our cash flows and that was a perfectly reasonable question and the change of setting actually just allowed us to have that safety where we could actually ask that reasonable question and when you have the the question almost then the answers become quite straightforward the tools become very straightforward it's a spreadsheet we open the spreadsheet it's practical mm. it has no judgment that context mm-hmm. And it becomes very easy to work out the answer. So when I look at that stuff, there was, there was a certain sort of inertia we were in. And every time that uh, people can't ask the right question, there's always a bunch of things that sort of force you into a trap. Like you have some trap situations, trap questions, and so on. And usually that, it's usually the headspace you're in, the waters in which you're swimming. You know, we all come from a certain context in life. So when somebody says something to you, you look at it, you listen to that question as you are, not necessarily as a questionnaire, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, actually, frankly, there's a lot of sort of uh, trap questions. Mm. Uh, the questions are the right one. The, the questions are okay. At surface they sound value, right. yes, at surface value, nothing wrong with those questions. Nothing wrong with the question, what's a the plan? Mm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the question, uh, so when is the business going to stabilize? Nothing wrong with those questions. But those questions in that particular context, basically, even though they were sort of, Koi was trying to solve something in her head, uh, but but uh, they themselves look reasonable, but actually they have a very different context when you put all of those things together. Mm. And for every right question, um, normally we fail to get to the right question because we are stuck somewhere in the middle, uh, stuck in this box either by this context we have, uh, by these trap questions that there are that sound okay, or sometimes they rush to find an answer, right? What's mm-hmm. the plan? It's a rush to find an answer. Um, and, and and those things sort of create the the fog that normally you have to get out of to actually find the right question. This is my reflections from that story.
2: Yeah. And so when we think about the 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 series of other questions that have these this, this two dual forms, right? There's the trap, the thing that sounds right. It sounds okay. You've probably heard this question a lot of times um, and you probably have a very rehearsed answer to it, right? And then there's that deeper question, which is actually the question that provides you clarity, that helps you move forward, that gives you the answer that you're looking for. Right. Um, One of those is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we've had that question (sighs) asked to children. You've probably answered it like a million times in your life so far. That's a serious trap question. It is a serious
1: trap question. (laughs) (laughs) Then when you grow up,
2: it it turns to what do you do? Like answering that question, like (laughs) what do you do? Um, Why is that a trap question? Mm. I mean before this... we present what <laughs> the right question maybe is.
1: <laughs> wow, it's such a trap and we we spend uh, almost the first 20 years of our lives being asked this question isn't mm. it?
0: Yeah, and and picking subjects and picking schools just based on what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Um but there's no depth in that question because uh for every career there's a successful plumber a not so successful plumber. There's a very successful lawyer and a not so successful lawyer. Mm. Well, not just necessarily financially, but even in terms of the joy the work brings and the impact that you have. So it's it doesn't speak to you as the person and to your uniqueness and what you bring to the table yeah. when you ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or yeah. what do you do? Mm. Um, that's what I think. That's yeah. why I think it's such a huge trap question. And I, I was a victim. I think we all were.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a question that uh, doesn't produce entrepreneurs. True. Yeah. Nobody. It's very hard yeah, to say, yeah, that, I want to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. That's why our, a lot of our entrepreneurs are sort of outcasts in the family mm. and outliers. They say, Oh, this one, oh, this one is so and so. This is an engineer. This is a doctor. And this one, this one is just Ken. <laughs> like oh, and that's Ken. You and your hustle, and that's Ken. Yeah, that's you right. and your hustle. Nobody remembers that do you run a cyber selling cyber cafe? It a cyber things? <laughs> do you sell computers like something? Yeah. An entrepreneur no, suffer from this one.
2: It's true. And it's a construct that can be very constraining, especially when the thing that you believe in yourself that you want to do. Is not language, it's not titled, it's not something you can point out and say, okay, I want to be like that person, right? And rather, yeah. the question we should be asking is, what's your why? Mm-hmm. Why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the thing inside you that, that, that you think you want to give to the world? What do you believe about the world? Yeah. Now, the problem with those questions is that they are hard to answer.
1: Very, very
2: Like if I asked you, what do you believe about the world? And it has nothing to do
0: with, okay, respectfully, oh, I want to solve all the hunger in the world. Uh, 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 uh. It Mm. is a very simple (laughs) you-
1: yeah, it's about Reason. you, actually. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's about you. And and it could be as simple as people used to tell me I could not do this. And so I wake up every day wanting to prove them wrong. That's yeah. a why. That's it. And there's no right or wrong. Yeah. And I was just thinking that even not even when it comes to children as a parent, but even when you're a leader as an entrepreneur, mm. when you face your team and you ask them, oh, what work do you want to do in this business? Mm. And it is not connected to their why. Then it's, it's really... yeah. They're showing like, up. Yeah, they just show mm, up because yeah.
2: it's not connected to their core. Mm. Uh, they but don't see it as a life mission. It. No. That you're fulfilling. Mm. Yeah. And really, that's like the highest level of engagement you're ever going to on the NPS. What is that thing? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. That engagement. Sorry. <laughs> yes. They should like. D- does your employee feel like this they're their fulfilling their life mission through this role?
1: Yeah
0: um and it needs to be connected to their why. It feels very in the air and nebulous and stuff. But I promise you as a leader if you keep making sure that what people come to do, their mission at work is connected to their why.
2: Yeah.
0: Or what they believe about the world. I think you get a l- exceptional results. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being wiser and, and, and uh, what, if if somebody asks you this question, so what do you believe about the world? Yeah. What do you believe about the world that has shaped what you are doing today? Yeah,
2: I love I love that question. Okay,
1: <laughs>
2: okay, nice.
1: Like, like, Look at her. I was just like,
2: <laughs> it has to make it to the episode. Yeah, I had to put it there. I I love that question, and and why, and why is because it 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 um it highlights the uniqueness of how you experience the world. Mm. Like it allows you to be like, what I read from that question is, this is the world as we all experience it. Yeah. But there's a way that I'm created as Kenna in which I see the world from a very unique way. And I get to 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 fashion my life towards that thing, right? My If I start a business, the work I do, how I show up, how I show up with my family, my friends, whatever it is, it's just... It it it, it, it um, enhances that thing that I see about the world that's different. Mm. So even when we when uh, we meet founders, I'm always very curious to understand what is that thing that they see about the world that's different mm. that influences this business that they've, they've,
1: yes. they've
2: decided to create. Right? Yeah. Even with you guys, right? What is the thing that you saw differently? When I at least from my perspective. I don't know if I'm answering for you. Please yeah. that- go ahead. I'm waiting to hear. <laughs> from, my, from my perspective, it was with Koi, the thing that 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 was different that she saw about the world was that entrepreneurship didn't have to be lonely. Mm. It didn't have to be so painful and isolating as as it had been put to seem. Like you could create community around it and support and and just that village. Right. And that you should arrive alive. Yeah. Like it doesn't it, have to kill you. It doesn't have to kill you. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really believe that.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah like, she, re- she really does. Yeah. yeah like, this like world of entrepreneurship. Like, it Why? doesn't have to be as difficult as it was for us. Just maximum
0: separation, you know? I well,
2: we think gladiators. It doesn't have to, like, no. <laughs> relax. No. <laughs> yeah. And for Ken, it was this, the, the, that idea of of building for Africans um, in Africa and by Africans, and very being very adamant about that in everything that you in every even in Pani, right? Mm. Still, that vision that has that has carried on. So, and I think that question, like, what do you believe about the world? It changes, it morphs, but it's always around that core mm. center, central
1: thing, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I've got it on a
1: huge and, Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, <laughs> I love and, uh, how
2: strongly you feel about that question. Oh, I am. <laughs>
1: and it's very powerful because it's timeless. Mm. Yeah, that fundamental thing. Once you answer that right question in that, in that way, it becomes very timeless. Yeah. I mean, the um, trap question, which is what, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, when you think about it, I mean, who knows what the world's going to look like in 20 years?
2: Yeah.
1: What question is that? The professions don't exist. So... Very bad trap question, very powerful right question.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. So can we move on to the next question?
1: Yes, please.
0: I think another huge trap question that we ask is what is your culture? Mm-hmm. It becomes a very theoretical exercise. So people say, "Oh, we're a family." Oh,
1: we are fun loving.
0: We are fun loving.
1: Oh, this are... is in the context of companies, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but,
2: but also families, right?
1: I think uh, also families. You, I, I, families. I think uh, there, there was a, a workshop. I think in which you we were having a culture discussion around the fireside, and Koya asked a very powerful question: "What's your family culture?" Yeah. And without a doubt, everybody said it without hesitation, right? There mm. was a guy who said, "Like the, the I think the, the we should always have food or something like that,
2: right?"
1: Mm. So um, it's not just companies; it's families, it's families as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's families, and it's 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 you know. Before I say what the right question is, and I don't want to give it away, mm. it's don't don't be a surface person. Like let's go deeper because it has to be something that you live, breathe, and other people can cope. Yeah, and it's very interesting when you watch a family. You'll know what their culture is even before they speak. In a a Mm. single
1: sitting. In a single
0: sitting, Mm -hmm. and that thing you carry it, and it's in your DNA. It's in the walls in your house. Like it's you enter a home and you know this is their culture. Yeah. Um, So I've always felt what the right question should be. Yeah. <laughs> should we ask
2: you, first, first before you, so, <laughs> you say the right question, should I ask you, what 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 would you say in, in one word is your culture? Your family culture.
0: Family culture? Yeah. Excellence.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Like I will allow you to... Choose whatever it is that you want to do after a lot of thinking. Mm. But, but you can't be,
1: can be mediocre. No,
0: not through our doors. Mm. And, you know, um, you'll hear the teenagers sometimes say, hey, this house has pressure. This
1: house has <laughs> pressure. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Common <laughs> <thing> they <say. laughs> yes. They agree. They're like, there's so much pressure. Actually, you know, you know, so and so. Yeah, they say their parents are strict. I think they just mean the mom is stricter than the dad. I'm like, yeah, because now <laughs> that one is throwing jabs at the mother. It's fine. What I'm saying is choose what you want. Decide. But, but when you choose you. it, you need to be exceptional at it. Okay. And I'm unapologetic and fortunate. And good thing is that we're very aligned with care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find it pressure for me. I'm just like, it's our family culture. We've chosen. There's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so how we behave, how we show up and, can I say the right question?
2: Okay.
0: What that
1: is I, the right question?
0: Is what are you going to say no to? Mm. Um, what are you going to say no to? Mm. And you think about it in your life, in your family, in your business, in your what, teams and so on. Yes. Teams, yeah. yeah. What do you consistently say no to? Yeah. Yeah. And if you say we have a culture of being exceptional. If you have a non-performer in the team, you're lying. That's not mm. your culture.
2: Mm.
0: Um, if you say we have a culture of integrity, if people go around, you know, giving uh, customers kickbacks, don't say... And are they, your highest yeah. performer Yeah, and, the, then, the then, thing. and then you, you <laughs> celebrate <laughs> them as a
1: star performer. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, there's no integrity there. So what do you say no to? What's your red line? Mm. What are you willing to walk away from? That's the real question. And be authentic. If you say we give kickbacks, it's fine. But there'll be that thing that you are going to say no to, and it it um, makes a world of difference because when people are living in their true authentic self, the business stands out, or you stand out as a family. I believe. Mm. Kenna, mm. what's your family culture? Wow, it's a hard one. <laughs> I'm like sure you spots. know it. You know yeah, it deep
2: down,
1: <laughs> and it doesn't help. then the family will also be listening.
2: Oh, yeah. I know. I'm like, gosh, could I <laughs> like articulate it in one a, you're word? You're putting your family
1: on the dock. I know.
2: And they're like, That's not right And they listen to this thing like,
1: good luck on this question.
2: <laughs> hmm, what's my family culture? I think it's um inclusivity. Like, um, everyone, like it, it, it must be, everyone is always welcome. Like mm-hmm. my mom is a, an extrovert and then the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my house. Like, it's very <laughs> balanced. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, everyone is always welcome. I think that's been a, that's been a consistent, um, theme in all your, the way you are, you're always welcome, um and and heavily influenced by by my younger sister who has a learning disability but she's like she's made us so accepting and so like the way that you are is acceptable so i think that's been a a, a huge part of our culture mm. i feel on the spot i even feel hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but i think it's it's very important and and the way you've defined it as what is the thing that you that you will not allow you will um what's the hard red line
1: and then standing by it which is difficult no yeah i think the most difficult part of that uh drawing that red line and standing on it is when you start to make exceptions to the Mm. hard line i think by everybody knows what their hard line is everybody knows what they will say no to who they'll say no to without a doubt and they define it I think the kizungumkuti, the dancing starts when they have to begin to make an exception. When the darling becomes an exception of the culture. Yes. When the favorite becomes an exception of the culture.
2: Or oh, when you right? as the leader becomes an Yeah, yeah and when
1: you as a leader, then yeah, you become an exception of the cult- to the culture. It's the same thing. I think uh, it, even at home, I think um, our kids would always complain that the last one is getting sort of a free ride on some things, right? Mm. Because they... They can see that uh, we ourselves are sort of driving for exceptional stuff and so on. Uh, But then they're like, hang on, you guys, the last one, you know, she's getting, is she getting the same? It's always a nice debate and we speak about it openly. It happens in companies as well. It's when that favorite person, when that other co founder, Steps when that other mind. person who was there from the beginning mm. uh, now started, starts to cross the culture line, do you make an exception? Mm. And this one is, uh, I think it's, um, it's a zero-sum game. You make that exception, you dilute your culture by a significant margin. The more mm. visible that person is, the more dilution you get on your culture. So mm. if a co-founder, you say, well, we stand for... Uh, integrity, or we stand for this particular value, and then a co-founder breaks that, and then you make that exception. Then you completely dilute the company culture or mm. the family culture, and so on.
2: Yeah, and culture is a thing that everyone's always watching. Yep, silently they're always watching, and it's not the slides. <laughs> we always say that in workshops, it's not it's not what you've written and the slides that you you put together. It's it's what happens in the grapevine. That's yes. the real culture. Yeah. So the next one, powerful question, Ken. It's your question.
1: Oh, is it? Uh, oh, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> I was beginning to. <laughs> like, I was beginning uh, to enjoy the the your voices, girls. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with the, so trap question, how do I get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Mm. People ask this question a lot as uh, as professionals, uh, career people. Mm.
2: And I'm sure people uh, ask you the business. A
1: lot. How do I take my I want to take my business to the next level? Yeah. Um so what I think about this particular path, I think this comes from path thinking.
2: Mm.
1: Um and and I think you know, this is always a trap because oftentimes, I mean, you know. When we're going, we are going into the future. Future is unknown. Future is also uncertain. Future also could happen and not happen. So sometimes it's scary. Uh, and I think this trap people fall into this particular trap because the next level is kind of it's a low bar to answer, right? Uh, you came from primary school, like we have been conditioned like that to go to think about the next level. And by getting caught up in this trap, it prevents us from asking the really Really simple, hard question. That is a right question. Now, who wants to guess what that right question is?
0: I think we've had this so many times. There's As no like, guessing. I <laughs> 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 no, do <we> guess. <laughs> because, because Ken is always so like, don't focus on words. the path. Focus on the destination. <laughs> <laughs> what is the mission? Yeah. So, <laughs> what is the mi-
1: where are you going? Yeah,
0: That's the right yeah. question. Where
1: are you going? What will matter in the end? Mm, what yeah. will success look like in the end? Yeah. Those are the, the real questions. Mm. Because, you know, if you're on the wrong path, it doesn't really matter what next level is and that you meet next level, you're just on the wrong path. Yeah. So you have to start this. Uh, and and you do this by describing with incredible clarity where you are going. Mm. Like where what success looks like. And, and by the way, it is very individual. Yeah. Right? You can't say that, okay, I'm a doctor. The other guy is a doctor. I run a medical practice. This is generally how medical practices are run. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, so I'll, I'll look at that one and see where they're going. It's actually very individualized and it's very contextualized. What does it mean uh, for you? What success in the end will mean for you? Yeah. And, and it's nice to define it by time, uh, by things you can measure, and by qualitative things that sometimes you can't measure. If you think about those three things, then you will always be able to figure out how far from path you are. And if it changes, then you also have markers to figure out that you have changed.
0: changed. And you know, at risk of sounding controversial, there's, you know, when you read interviews and the favorite, one of the favorite questions is how did you get here? Mm. And that question worries me a lot because then there's the impression that you need to copy and paste that path. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm surprised Ken has not said his other favorite phrase, which is, date the path, marry the destination.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Can <laughs> no, we take no, no. this out? Now that you have done the roundup question. <laughs> We have two choices. We either <laughs> move to the next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
0: anyway, taran, date the path, date marry the, the path, destination. Marry because the destination. you could you could decide you're taking a flight to your destination. And then mm. at some point, then you have to, you know, make an emergency landing. And then yeah. after that, you have to walk. So it's not about next level. It's about where you headed. What is going to matter in the end? Mm. However, if you feel that your destination, the way you've defined it, is not what you want in that season. I think we should also give our audience permission to know that it's okay to alight and reflect, internalize, and say, Can I define a new destination? Mm. Then get married to that new destination
1: and commit to it not, the same way. Yeah, yeah, and then date another path. Yeah.
2: And date another path.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it's incredibly scary. Mm.
2: Yeah. I think the place to begin is to define that destination. A lot of people, I think, have not, like, it's a hard thing to do to sit down and be like, What is
1: What does success look like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this amazes me just how many times that you ask people this question and they just haven't bothered to answer it. Yeah. And they look at you like you're from another planet. Mm. It's very, it's very empowering to answer this question.
0: I think it was prescribed for us. You're told do very well in school, get into this type of high school.
1: Everything else do this will figure kind of itself degree, out.
0: Yeah. And then everything else will figure itself out. And mm. even when you come into career, let's say, for example, if you're in consulting, get to partner and it's almost like, wow.
1: You're done. You're done. Yeah.
0: Um, so we never had to define mm. the destination ever. No, we are no. not socialized
2: to. And when we gave you the permission to say, I might get to partner, but like these other things are also very important to me. Like, it's not just the money that will matter.
1: Yeah. It's all it's of these. It's this quality everything. of life. Like it's this, like... Kind of life, yeah. Yeah,
2: and I, I like what, what you said, like, define it in many
1: aspects. Yeah. Time. Time, some um, things you can influence, measure. Influence. some quality what, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Relation, the kind of relationships you want to have with your wife, with your kids.
2: Exactly. Is yeah. that important to yeah. you? Is
1: it not? Is it not, So yeah. that
2: you you define an experience that
0: is, that is you. Yeah. So when you're in the fog in your business... And you're fighting a fire today, just ask yourself what will matter in, in the end. end. The yeah. clarity that it gives you is amazing. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now let me follow this path. Because at the end, this is what is going to matter. Yeah. Mm.
1: The fourth question. Now the fourth going, question. Oh, I or okay, is it cannot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fourth question is us. Uh,
2: yes. So people usually ask, um, so this is this is with 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 uh, in relation to defining value, right? They usually ask like, and, and we're thinking about it from a perspective of when you're setting your
1: price as a business, as a business, yeah, yeah
2: or you're negotiating your salary, your salary as, a as a person. You enter that conversation with the mindset of, um, what do other people in the market? What do other people what is the, the, the market benchmark, right? What do other people uh charge for this kind of service, right? What are customers willing to pay? What are they able to pay? What do I think I'm selling? Um and then now for salary there's a special one called <laughs> that I call pain pricing.
1: <laughs> this is Kenner's favorite. <laughs>
2: If there's anything I've learned Ex- from explaining yourself
1: pain pricing
2: <laughs> is, is to not fall into the trap trap of pain pricing. Pain pricing is now where you go. You 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 walk through you walk the other person that you're you're trying to define value through to through all your your problems, your suffering—the what? Like this is how much I pay for rent. This is when it is due. This is when those my bills. These are all the people who depend on me. These are like you walk them through your whole your suffering spreadsheet. You get get a number at the end. Then you tell them this is how much I want you to pay me.
1: Mm. And normally that conversation, somebody just say, "If you just pay me, I'll be fine." <laughs> always-
2: I'm sure you've had that that kind of a conversation many times. Yeah and the problem with that why it's why it's it's such a, why it's not the right question to ask or not the right approach is because you're leaving so much value that you're probably creating on the table because the only thing in your in your line of sight is that pain that suffering that you that you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. right i could easily go through that the end of that spreadsheet and get maybe 100k or 10k I come and tell Koi, Koi, if you pay me 10K, every month I'll be here. <laughs> and I'm not going to be like, oh, Kenna,
0: no, you're underpricing yourself. I'll be no. like, okay, no one
1: ever <laughs> corrects, corrects underpricing. underpricing. That's your, that is that, your problem to correct. Yeah, I take it and run.
2: Yeah. So, But yet, yet all the value you're creating for that other person, that other engagement, it's like you're putting a, a ceiling. Over that of over that possibility. So yeah, that's my my, my favorite pricing <laughs> trap is pain pricing. I think another <laughs> trap that people say is I'm
0: building my portfolio or building my networks.
1: I'm building my networks. So
0: I will in fact charge nothing. No. <laughs> or actually just no. meet my cost of transport. Yeah, just
1: meet my cost of transport.
0: So that I get there and do a good job, and now from there you can refer me.
1: In fact, Mm. it is better to charge zero than charge that cost of transport nonsense. Mm. (laughs) Like, you just better better charge (laughs) zero. Yeah, because when you charge nothing, the guy on the other side is always guilty of taking advantage of you. But when you charge nothing, yeah.
2: Well, when you charge nothing, they're they're guilty of taking advantage of
1: you. No, when you charge nothing, they feel guilty of taking advantage. But But when when you charge transport, they will take it forever. And become entitled to it. You can never fix our pricing. Mm.
2: And then they pass on the discount. Oh yes. to the, really? yeah,
1: they When you as you're building the network, they refer people with your discount. Yes. Code.
0: <laughs> in fact, you know, say, well, if you push them, kidogo, they will just tell you that you just pay for the cost of ingredients. Like now with <laughs> catering, all these chefs yeah. that we hire, yeah. that guy, ah, uh, you just need to pay him his transport and the cost. You buy the ingredients. And he but it's good.
1: He's but he's really Good. Their so service is skilled, good. He's so talented.
0: Is <laughs> and then when he comes, you're making him from. He's on his feet from like six in the morning. You'll mm-hmm. make him make the mandazi. And the samosas and the tea, mm. and Sidri, your auntie who takes special <laughs> diet, he's also cooking mm. and then he washes the dishes. Is and that, you've just paid him for and It's a passionate yeah. story
1: quite, <sighs> because the coin is, I feel it because
0: I see it all the time. Yeah, yeah, mm. and they're asking the wrong question. They're asking, How do I build network? How do I put my name out there? Mm. The trap question is, What do other people in the market pay Church. for this? Yeah, um. Well, in actual fact, they should be asking an entirely different question. Entirely
1: and different. what is the right question and here? What
2: is the right the right question is, what is the value, what is the worth
1: you're creating,
2: right? Because even in the even in in the context of of businesses, right, setting pricing, which is a a science on its own, right you are going into the market and rather than saying what are other people my competitors it's a good thing to look at for benchmark
1: you can't but ignore you, you need to you look at it you can't ignore later. it
2: yeah. but it would be more powerful to think about how much of a pro, like how much is your customer spending on this problem on yeah. this pain yes then how much are we saving them yeah how much value are we creating in that interaction yes now Ken is gives a good benchmark if you if you're charging if you're capturing ten percent of the value you're creating, you're at. That's that's that should be your benchmark. If you're doing less than that ten percent, you're probably underpricing. You're probably giving away a lot of that value. Yeah. If you're doing more than ten percent, you're a rock star. You should. You have a very solid story, a very a very solid, solid pricing philosophy. And
1: you know how to negotiate and yourself. And you know
2: how to negotiate. You have the presence, the whatever. And you're doing a good job at 10% and over. Mm. But generally, you should try always to capture mm. 10% of the value you're creating. So if you think about, um, and, and that also gives you the work of quantifying that value. And you must. And you must. It has to be tangible. Mm. Like you don't just show up to work every day and just like kind of generally do a bunch of <laughs> tasks. Like you yeah. know, there's val- there's value attached to the thing you're creating. How do you measure it? And then how do you go about thinking about capturing it?
1: Mm. And if you don't answer that question, how much value, what is your worth? How much value you're creating and how much value you're you're thinking? There are two things that are going to happen. One is that uh, your boss is going to fire you at some point. Or the second thing is that you better be happy being poor because you're going to (laughs) be poor for a long (laughs) time to come.
0: Yes. Do I don't know what you can yeah.
1: Just better be, just better go grab poverty and <laughs> hug it tight. <laughs> and just never let go. Yeah, don't let go. You're going to be poor for a long time to come.
0: Ken, <laughs> I thought you did a prep. I no know, kind I'm of like, this comments. <laughs> <Like> every episode <laughs>
1: like without fail. There's a curveball. That's it. And, and there's no adding to that thing. Mm. That's it. Mm. You have no idea how much value you're creating because if you don't know how much value you're creating, you can't sharpen your skill. Yeah. yeah that's it. You will know what matters. Yeah. And, and you can't align your work, your style of working, Your you can't articulate what you're doing, you can't articulate your difference and so on. Your boss is sooner or later, he will come to the same conclusion and he's forced to the corner by cash flows and so on and so forth. <laughs> you're the he one will, he will He will come to down. the conclusion that I can do without this one. Yeah. Uh, and if you're, you and your boss doesn't come to that conclusion, the business is going to fail. If you work for someone, if you run your business and you're, and you're not able to answer that question for your customers, your customers will replace you. <laughs> They'll so fire you. whether you've been there for five years, 10 years, whatever it is, that's just a form- formula for poverty. So better get used to it and better love it.
2: Poverty. Yes,
1: because you're going to be pulsed forever. <laughs> mic drop.
0: I think, that I think (laughs) with our local context, just because people are very shy of having money conversations. I always tell people the worst, the other person on the other side will say is no. Yeah. Like they won't kill you. So because you you need the courage to have the money conversations and the only way you can do it is practice. Mm. Go to your employer, define your value Mm. and say, this is what I want to get paid. And don't, it's not a gradual process. Just go and have the conversation. Um, but anyway, like Ken said, let's let's not hug poverty. Yeah, let's define our value. Yeah, I think those are good questions that give yeah, a very guide. Good yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of what powerful questions look like, mm. and
2: the and the task and the the ask for us from us to you, our listeners, is to keep asking those questions over and over and over again until they provide clarity. They are hard questions. So I know we talked about the, in one of the episodes, we talked about having a thinking day. Like this is what you should be
1: doing. This is what you should be doing. Thinking days. Thinking days are for asking hard questions. Then-
2: yeah. And going back to those, it doesn't matter how many times you ask yourself, why is my customer buying? What is my why? What is like the, those questions only get sharper. The answers only get sharper and sharper and sharper. Mm-hmm.
0: What is it that I tolerate every yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that way. Then, if you ask yourself these questions, and I just say, just keep asking. It's difficult. Funny thing is, these questions are so simple. Mm. They're simple hard questions. Quite a contradiction. Yeah. But it is the only way that you grow and you get to the next level and you reach your mission. So please go forth and ask these simple hard questions. Thank you. Bye. Thank you
1: all. See you at the next episode. Yeah.